This is Will Friedle, the voice of the future Dark Knight, Batman Beyond. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app. And remember a few things. First, Dana deserves better. And second, I am Batman. In the year 2039, Gotham City has no heroes. Its people, no hope. Its youth, no future. Evening, boys and girls. Who's up for the Terry McGinnis was part of the problem. You can't control your temper, and you're better if you expect to get anywhere in life. Yeah, I'll be a big success, just like you. Until a moment of violence brought him to the door of a man named Bruce Wayne. Let's put a smile on his face. Leave him alone. Once known as the Batman. You okay? Now, the Dark Knight will rise again to drive the shadow of evil from the streets of Gotham. Let's go! Super villains, beware! There's a new Batman in town! Batman Beyond! You're pretty strong for some clown who thinks he's Batman. I am Batman. Justice returns to Gotham. Welcome to my world. Welcome, everybody, to episode 218 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal. With me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account. It's Liam. Liam! Welcome to yet another edition of the DCAU Review as we continue in this month, our future month, as we've dubbed it. We've got to come up with something catchier than that. I don't, I haven't, haven't uh, completely workshopped it yet, but there has to be something catchier than future month. We need, we need something alliterative. I think that's, yeah, that's the future. That's how we need to hashtag brand this going forward yes yes but uh we are continuing we as we uh, mentioned last week at the end of our second ever coverage of the zeta project uh by the way thank you to anyone who listened to that episode uh there wasn't a lot of you but to those that did <laughs> we tip our we tip our hat to you because we know that that show has less of a following than pretty much any of the DCAU shows. So uh, thank you to anybody who checked that out. But Liam, we are back in Gotham, or at least the future Gotham, this week with another episode of Batman Beyond. That's right. We've got a a pretty fun, and I think a pretty memorable one among these uh, season two, or technically I guess that you could say this is season three, because the second season has 26 episodes, so... The, uh, the latter half of, uh, of the Batman Beyond uh, slot of episodes here, uh, where's Terry on the docket today? That's right. Uh, a memorable one for one of the, I think the title, it's a pretty unique title, not quite as good as Terry's friend dates a robot, but still <laughs> pretty good because uh, it forms a question and uh, it immediately gives you a hint that this one's going to be a mystery that we have to solve. So before we get into today's mystery and discussing the plot, visual and animation, music and voice acting, as we do each and every week, we will, of course, get the official IMDb Internet Movie Database synopsis for this week's episode, which originally aired on May the 27th, 2000. So we just passed the 20 two-year anniversary of this episode's debut and of course the imdb synopsis segment is brought to you by the pod tower head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower and not only can you get our entire back catalog including terry's friend dates a robot back in the archives there you can get all of our bonus episodes both of our zeta reviews and so much more plus additional content from our friends at the watchtower database and tim talk available at youtube.com slash the pod tower please subscribe absolutely and this is the synopsis for where's terry which is written by stan berkowitz directed by kyung wan lim with music by Lolita Ritmanis and animation by Coco and Dong Yang. And that synopsis reads as such. When Terry goes missing, Wayne and Max go searching for him. Wayne? 
Did they didn't say they didn't say Bruce? They just said Wayne. <laughs> yep, they didn't have time. They're in a rush. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they left out some pertinent information. I mean, I guess it probably would have been okay if you. I don't know. I feel like it's an over- oversimplification. I don't like that one, especially because you refer to him as Wayne. No one ever well, re- refers to Bruce Wayne as Wayne. So well, I guess the very it- next. Yeah, I was going to say the very next word is Max. So if you had said Bruce and Max, it's like, okay, we're using first names. Right. But to use one person's last name and the other person's first name, I feel like, uh, nah. Yeah, nah, that, nah. Gets a, that gets a D. No, no, no good on that one despite that synopsis uh, kind of giving us the the bird's eye view of what we have going on in this week's episode. Uh, we open things with Terry, Max, uh, and uh, and Howard, the return of Howard, <laughs> one of my favorite characters, our favorite characters in the entire Batman Beyond run, and, uh, and Dana as well. Dana commenting, uh, they're leaving a movie of some kind, I believe, and it, they're, they're commenting that, uh, wouldn't you know, this is the first time that Terry's taken her out on an evening date in quite some time. And she remarks mm. how that this is something that is, uh, is pretty common in relationships. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Terry, Terry kindly reminds her that uh, she's, uh, unfortunately, she's dating a guy who has a nondescript job that requires him to help a very old man in the evening, apparently. What'd you think of it, Howard? Been there, done that. He's talking about the movie, Howard, not the snack bar. It was a nice change, seeing you at night. You're not going to start that again, are you? It's a very common practice, going out at night. Or so I've heard. And you know why I can't always do it. Yeah, I know. Your job. Hope it's worth it to you. Most of the time it is, but not right now. See you tomorrow. Which led me to just consider what is it that Terry's friends think that Bruce does? I mean, that, that that Terry does for Bruce. Like, what is it? What does his job entail that he's occupied all evenings? Good question. Uh, you know, in the in the pilot, he he's described as a gopher uh, for mm-hmm. for for Bruce in front of in front of Terry's mom, but uh, I'm not sure. We don't really get a lot of detail beyond that. Like, I don't, I don't, he's not his bodyguard. He's not his, yeah, he's not his secretary. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I just thought that was kind of weird. It's like Dana has just, this just leads me to believe that Dana continues to struggle with self esteem problems. <laughs> Remember, hashtag Dana deserves better. That's she, right. She deserves so much better than a boyfriend who isn't willing to share with her that he's Batman, but also is willing to continue being in a relationship with her and putting her through. Uh, just terrible things and treating her terribly. So uh, <laughs> at this, they go their separate ways as he's actually off to go to his uh, his night job working for Mr. Wayne. And he heads down into the subway and notices a, uh, a, a fella that looks a little suspicious. He's got a fedora on. He's got a trench coat pulled up around his eyes. So Terry begins to follow him in uh, in in true in true Batman fashion. He decides he's going to just uh, take a look and see what's going on because he thinks something up. So he follows this guy down a few levels uh, to the, the bottom tunnel. And uh, and as Terry uh, wanders down that tunnel, a train passes him, uh, but he continues wandering away. And uh, that is where we cut to the next morning. And uh, and Terry's mom, along with Matt, are uh, standing in his room, seemingly very concerned over the fact that Terry's bed has been made and uh, Terry is nowhere to be found. Terry's mom believes that to be far out of Terry's character as he's not one uh, known. He may be uh, he may be sneaking in and out before uh, Terry's mom and Matt awaken, but he's definitely not making his bed. And then we cut to school where Max and Dana are there and uh, Dana is also concerned. Max supposes that Terry might just be sick. And Dana is not uh, not convinced, as she said, he seemed quite all right just a few hours before uh, on their date. And then we cut to the cave uh, where Bruce himself is uh, is also very concerned, trying to radio Terry 
uh, I guess, through the bat suit and getting no response. And that's where we kind of get our opening stinger as we uh, as he gets up from the from the, the chair in the bat cave and uh, begins to decide he's going to go look for Terry. And we get this cut into the subway where we notice uh, a suited Batman hand underneath some rocks and, and Terry uh, groaning, letting you know he's at least alive, but uh, worse for wear, to say the least. That's right. So uh, we get uh, we get sort of a I hate to I hate to bring it up, but we get sort of an underdweller situation here. <laughs> um, as yes, there's a there's a little boy living under underneath Gotham in Dollar the in the uh, jar, by the way. And not letting you off that easy, but fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but uh, but yeah, he's uh, we, we don't really know exactly what happened to Terry at first, other than that he's under this rubble alerts him that he he knows his way around these tunnels and and that he will lead batman out of here and it's very clear that he's very mistrustful and, and doesn't does not idolize uh bat what happened there was a cave-in obviously i remember now i must have been out for a long time how am i gonna explain it to to who never mind what were you doing down here anyway I was following somebody. Somebody I thought I recognized. He spotted me and then... Then this happened. What are you doing down here? Right now, I'm finding you the fastest way out. Got a problem with that? And so he has no uh, no interest in helping him do anything other than find an exit. And uh, of course, from there, we, we finally see who exactly that mysterious figure was that Terry was following. Is of course uh, Shriek's little uh, splicer sidekick Ollie, who we actually met in the uh, previous episode, Babel, um, and uh, and here he is telling telling Shriek that uh, he's starting to think that Batman might still be alive despite uh, Shriek's attempts to kill him with, of course, his his special sound waves. Although because these these underground tunnels and sewers in Gotham are such a maze. Uh, Shriek isn't able to actually find Batman directly, so instead, using some sort of uh, sound machine, he tries to sort of pinpoint a general location and then, I guess, cause a a cave in around uh, around Terry. And uh, and uh, as it turns out, it actually does sort of work as uh, as as Batman as uh, is blasted by by the sound waves and they're. Uh, there causes a little bit of a cave in and it seems like Terry and Dak have reached a little bit of a dead end and they're, they seemingly are trapped in a room. And uh, that's kind of when we cut back to, to Bruce and Max who are, are continuing their search as, uh, as Bruce is really uh, not interested in, in teaming up with Max, so to speak, <laughs> He's telling her to go home and, and that he doesn't need her. And, at the same time, she's uh, you know she's very very insistent that she needs to be there to help help Terry, and that she's just as much a, a part of this as as Bruce and Terry are. And as they kind of continue to have this discussion and look around, they happen to notice a group of the the T gang, who I think I think we've seen them at least once or twice already in this show. But yeah, they were in the the Joyride episode, if I recall. There you go. Yep, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, we see a group of T's walking through the subway, and one of them happens to have a backpack, which Max, of course, recognizes as Terry's. And that, that sets up like a little our, our little side adventure here as, as Bruce and Max follow them to their, their hideout, and, and Bruce kind of tries to play, play, it, play it cool and offers to pay in exchange for this backpack. But of course, the T's are very suspicious as to why a, a random old man would follow them all the way to their hideout just to get a backpack. What do you want? A backpack. This look like a store to you? I'll pay a fair price. A very fair price. Anybody got a backpack they want to sell? Who wants to know? Some old guy. You were in the subway, weren't you? Yes. That's where I saw your backpack. And you followed me all the way here because you just had to have it. Something like that. You really want it, don't you? How about 10? No, 20 credits. Deal. But I want to know where you got it. How about for 30? Ah! Ah! 
tell me why you really want this old thing. As they sort of all jump Bruce at once, uh, things are looking not great. But then, of course, Max arrives to kind of uh, alleviate the, the situation a little bit. And, and by alleviate, I mean she, she maces two of them. <laughs> and that sort of gets uh, a couple of the other ones who are holding Bruce down to run at her, which allows Bruce to get back into the fight and, and dust off a couple old moves. And uh, and they're able to uh, with with some help from uh, from Bruce's uh, patented uh, enhanced interrogation tactics, uh, they they find an answer of where exactly this this tea gang found the backpack, and they're uh, they're heading back to the uh, to the sewer system or to the uh, subway system now. That's right. And uh, Bruce again is uh, not very complimentary of Max, despite the fact that she uh, she helped get him out of a jam. He's uh, still insisting that she go home and she, again, reminds him constantly that she's helped out quite a bit and that she belongs here and wants to help. So she follows Bruce down to the sewers and uh, we actually get uh, cut back to to Dak and uh, and to uh, and to Terry. Well, well, Batman, uh, who are, again, as you mentioned, stuck in this room and uh, Terry is sort of checking out the different walls and notices that one wall has some condensation on it and some wear on it. And uh, he suggests maybe blowing blowing a hole in that wall. But Dak uh, informs him that the Gotham River runs through all of the tunnels. And if they blast a hole in that wall, they're likely to uh, to die in a, a lot quicker uh, than they than they currently are, uh, as opposed to the slow death that they are they are destined for at this point. And uh, as Terry learns a little bit more about Dak's uh, backstory and how he got down there and his general outlook on life, as you mentioned, he mentions uh, not idolizing Batman like the other members of his class, but uh, actually idolizing. He mentions Blight and Spellbinder and the Royal Flush Gang by name as, uh, as, as people he idolized over Batman just because of the, the freedom that they had and the, whatever they went out and got, they took. Back at school, half the kids want to be you. Yeah. I was in the other half. Who do you want to be? Maybe Blight or Spellbinder or somebody in the Royal Flush Gang. Are you serious? Hey, they did what they wanted and wouldn't let anyone tell them what to do. But look how they ended up. Yeah, thanks to you. And I'm going to end up that way too now, thanks to you. Do that again. Same spot. sounds different here so uh, batman definitely taken aback a little bit but as he's telling this uh telling this his perspective on uh, whom he favors uh he's throwing some dak is throwing some rocks and hits what sounds like a hollow wall so batman uses uh, his many many explosives as he uh, tells dak just a few moments before to attempt to blow a hole in that wall because it sounds hollow uh, when the explosive go off though it's revealed that it's just one of the support beams and the sound that he heard was uh, the the hollow sound of the support beam making a, a noise but in the blast uh, part of the ceiling actually it begins to to break away and there's a hole big enough that allows Dak to escape uh, meanwhile during this whole time Sh- Shriek uh, and Ali are are somewhere else in the tunnels, and they they uh, Ali is is almost certain that Batman has survived all of the their encounters thus far. And Shriek uh, reminds him to uh, to keep an, uh, a look on these the scanner to see if he's able to detect any additional lives. So uh, I guess the the scanner goes off again and alerts them that there is uh, additional presence in that area. So uh, meeting Dak as he climbs out of the hole is none other uh, than Shriek himself. So uh, Shriek takes him uh, captive and uh, uh, Dak slips up through his, through his conversation with Shriek and lets uh, Shriek know that he knows exactly where he is. So Shriek demands that he takes him to where Batman is. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Bruce and, and Max are back down in the subway tunnels and they come upon uh, where the uh, original uh, tunnel where Terry had gone down and there's some construction work going on. 
Uh, so Bruce recognizes that at this point it's a dead end and he tells Max once again to go home. Uh, but then as they see the construction workers, Bruce decides that, hey, uh, actually, Max, I do think that you you can help. And Max buys it hook, line and sinker that she's going to be the one uh, to to go find Terry as Bruce distracts <laughs> the construction workers and just one of the funniest moments ever. So Bruce goes over to the construction workers and begins chatting them up. And uh, as Max is sneaking down the opposite way, Bruce points out that Max probably shouldn't be there to the construction workers, which causes them to run after her. Her, and in fact, Bruce has done the old switcheroo. Working late, fellas. Our seismograph picked up something down there. Maybe a cave-in. Ooh, a cave-in. Sounds dangerous. Might be. Speaking of dangerous, should that young lady be down there? Hey, you! Hey, that old man told me to do it. You should arrest him, too. He's right over there. He has used Max as the distraction, which allows him to be able to sneak down further into the tunnel. So as Max is hauled away, she blames Bruce for it and says that that old man told her to do it. But as they turn around, of course, Bruce uh, has once again performed one of his daring disappearing acts and is nowhere to be found. Uh, still got it, as they say. So uh, and this kind of leads us to the uh, the culmination of our episode is Dak leads uh, Shriek and Ollie to where he says that Batman is and he points it to a wall and says, yep, Batman is right behind that wall. But uh, in the words of the great Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's, it's Chekhov's uh, condensation covered wall. <laughs> As, uh, earlier in the episode, it was, it was pointed out, as you mentioned, that if, if they blew a hole in that wall, it would create a, a flood from the from the nearby Gotham River which runs all around these tunnels and here it is the water rushes in and and uh, takes takes shriek out it does allow uh, Batman some time to uh, to sort of regroup here but it also sweeps up uh, Dak in the uh, in the in the flood as well so as as Batman's able to get away he's sort of looking around in the tunnels has, has to kind of listen for where Dak's voice is coming from. And is finally able to locate him as right as he's, of course, perilously hanging off the side of a, I guess, some kind of uh, dr sewer drain that's good. That looks like a very steep drop. And uh, of course, Terry saves him just in time. And uh, as he attaches the bat rope and swings back down and gets him. And then as he freak is still there and is once again ready to attack, but, uh, thankfully, Bruce has arrived and. Uh, quickly dispatches of Shriek uh, with his cane once again. And uh, we, we move on from there to our, our kind of our, our little uh, post, uh, post, postscript to this episode. We see Terry and Bruce on a nearby rooftop looking down as uh, Shriek and Ollie are loaded into a, uh, into a police cruiser, as well as Dak, who uh, Terry mentions, uh, told, told Batman that he would be going home after all of this craziness he'd be going home to his parents and uh and uh that he had he had actually sh uh, been so emotional that he shed tears over it and and uh Ter terry asks uh terry asks bruce about max and if, if she was aware of any of this and bruce kind of seemingly is starting to compliment her and talks about how he spent most of the evening with her and then once again it's a great setup to a pretty good punchline as right as right as bruce is talking about how well they work together it cuts down to uh to max still being led away by the police does max have any idea what happened as a matter of fact i spent most of the evening with her really then the two of you must have finally come to an understanding you could say that you can't do this to me it's not fair i'll sue as she's uh, still dealing with the aftermath of, of Bruce having uh, sold, sold her out to the uh, the construction workers there, and uh, and then we get one final little bit there as as Terry returns home and uh, and goes to goes to get in bed right as his mother walks in and and she she believes that she's actually making his bed not about to get into it and uh, and and that and that 
kind of puts her mind at ease as she she now believes that actually he was just getting up early and, and leaving before she she saw him but that he's just become a more responsible boy and now he's gonna make his bed every day and so we kind of uh we get a nice little t- we're tying up all the loose ends we don't really see I don't, we don't really see how he explains it to dana um, but we but oh he doesn't do that he just gaslights her more or lies yes. to her or he lies, just, yes. just doesn't doesn't bother explaining at all yes. she just she's just supposed he to tells her she's being crazy right exactly um, for even asking um yeah so <laughs> we don't get to see that part of his uh his explanation but yes we have we have uh we have tied up our loose ends our villain is captured our our young runaway has returned home and uh and terry's mom's mind has been put at ease so that's where we we wrap things up for this week that's right so i guess we can uh chat about the plot here um i for whatever reason i i remembered the the aspect of of terry of uh, bruce and max working together on this episode but i had blocked out the part that was like the weird underdwellers kid dollar in the bad episode it's it's even at this point we both mentioned it one time so it's there it's a go. wash to push uh but i had blocked that part of the episode out um so it, in a way it does feel a little bit kitty it feels a little bit juvenile the kid has to save the day the way they go about it i think is fine i think that it doesn't make batman look like too much of a buffoon uh you know it, it makes sense that he thought that he wasn't familiar with the area he thought that using all of all of his explosives uh, at one time was the best case scenario to get through this, this wall. Uh, so, and then needed, ended up needing Dax help to ultimately escape. Um, and, and ultimately Dax needs re- being re- to be rescued in the end. I think the real fun is definitely the Bruce and Max bit and certainly seeing Bruce interact with even an older Bruce interact with the T gang and, and up to his old tricks. And as you mentioned, his, uh, his interrogation skills, uh, while not on, on display because it's done off screen, certainly intimated that he was, uh, that he hasn't lost a step with that. And then of course the disappearing act that he does with the, uh, with the construction crew uh, is great too. And, and the trick of using Max, uh, get tricking Max into thinking that she's going to be the one to uh, to ultimately yeah, save Terry and, and Bruce is the one that ends up using her instead. I, I just love that. But uh, yeah, so I think it's good. I think it's it's fun. I think there are a couple of things. I feel like, you know, we've talked about a couple of times the things that this show didn't quite accurately predict as what the future would be. And I feel like even even in the late nineties, there were C, you know, closed circuit televisions in, in mass transit uh, stations. Mm-hmm. So rather than the T gang, just happening to walk, happening to walk by in the moment uh, that Bruce and Max had been standing there, which makes this whole th- sequence happen because of happenstance, everything happens for the rest of the show because of happenstance at that point, because if they hadn't seen that backpack, they would have been kind of up the river also, I know mm-hmm. that at one point Dak mentions there's no radio in or out of the tunnels, which again, that makes sense. That's that seems to be pretty real. But wasn't there at some point a, a vid link between the bat cave and the bat suit also? Uh where where it doesn't it, like Bruce tries to radio into Terry, but there was no mention of like, hey, the vid link is also down because Terry's wearing the suit. And that's something mm-hmm. that was used in the early season. So it felt like, I don't know, maybe he did it and it was just off screen. But there's a couple of things there. They had checked the CCTV and seen, you know, the T-Gang uh, walking around with a backpack there. Maybe that would have been a little less like, oh, this just, this is all this happened because of happenstance for me. But that's a little bit nitpicky. Uh, but I, I think overall, it's a fun episode. Um, it, sadly, this is the the last episode that we get with Shriek, and mm-hmm. uh, he kind of he kind of goes out on a uh, on a less than stellar note as he gets his his bell rung literally by by eighty year old Bruce Wayne who hits him in the head with a cane <laughs> a couple times, uh, which feels like an, an a, a downer ending for one of Terry's main baddies for the series. But uh yeah I, I still think it's a fun episode i ended up giving a seven out of ten what about you 
yeah, I uh, I ended up giving it the exact same score of seven out of ten. I think it's yeah, I think it's a fun concept, and I, I definitely think like you said, there's a lot of fun to be gleaned from the old Bruce and Max having to go out into the field when that's not really either of their uh, fortes anymore for different reasons. Um, I think that that's kind of a fun sequence, and 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 then yeah, the idea of 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 shriek just being holed up and 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 using like using sound waves to try to pinpoint batman's location like that's kind of cool and like an interesting use because otherwise like this really could have been like any villain like it didn't really need to be shriek um it didn't really need to be shriek it could have been it feels like it could have been anyone because it's not the other the other that featured this character had like very specific shriek related plots Mm-hmm. and uh and this one it just feels like this it feels like a lot of the penguin episodes of the original animated series where it's not really built around him so much as it is around just whatever happens and then we need a villain to fight at the end and we pick shriek for it so yeah like, at least like giving him that that weird sound device where he's got like sonar and he's trying to track batman by the explosions and and by the 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 the, the voices they hear in this maze of tunnels that's like that's at least kind of fun and kind of a unique uh, a unique idea for that so i appreciated that and uh and then yeah as 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 the ending of bruce bruce coming in at the last minute to save terry i think is is kind of a fun bit and and uh, yeah, like we already talked about the the comedy that comes from from Bruce and Max together, I think is a, is a good deal of fun as well. So yeah, not a not a complete home run, but uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun throughout this uh, this twenty two minutes. All right, Liam. Well, that will bring us to our next category, which is going to be animation and visuals. And I believe, did you say Stan Berkowitz was responsible for this week? Uh, he wrote it. Uh, okay. We have, uh, we have uh, I believe his name is. Kyung Wan Lim is the director, and then we have Coco and Dong Yang responsible for our animation. So, uh, William, I guess I'll kick us off here. Um, I will be honest and say that I thought that the visuals were uh, probably the weakest of the of the things this week, simply just from a story standpoint, because it is a lot of standing around. There's not a lot of action. Uh, we don't see the initial cave-in that knocks terry out uh, or batman out rather so we don't get uh we don't don't get the drama for that and it's a lot of dialogue heavy interaction as i mentioned we get a little bit of action with with bruce and the t gang as they they begin to gang up on him and uh even even that is sort of uh undermined by max's use of mace and then we get uh, the bruce's interrogation happening off off screen uh, so there's not really a, a big fight that happens. There's not a lot of action that occurs. So most of the uh, the visuals rely on just the the interaction between the characters, which everybody looked on model. Everybody looked fine. There was one sequence that uh, that stood out to me, and that's the initial time that that uh, Ollie points out to Shriek that uh, there's there's at least somebody alive in one of the tunnels. And we get this really neat follow of, of Shriek's uh, sound blast. It sort of tunnels kind of like the uh, like Bugs Bunny did in the in the mm-hmm. old Warner Brothers cartoons. But it, you follow it kind of goes up and around a wall as a, a Shriek is attempting to sort of uh, pinpoint just where these people are within the tunnels. Uh, but uh, that that sequence I, I loved because you follow it, it goes through the tunnel up and around and kind of creates the spiral. And I thought that was really unique. And that kind of gave me hope that this was going to be a, a, a bit uh, bit more exciting on the visual side of things. We do get uh, we do get Shriek's powers again used when when Dak tricks him into using uh using his his sound uh sound waves uh, up against the the wall that ultimately sort of melts and you start to see the water break through so i did like that that was a neat trick but the rest of the episode i i didn't have a whole lot of, of visual notes other than uh than howard being in the opening scene that was uh that was a plus <laughs> always uh always cheer for him being there but uh oh i here's here's another one i and i might be taking all of them if you don't if you don't have more but uh we <laughs> we get uh we get the return of the bat rebreather as uh as terry mm-hmm. is submerged underwater uh once once uh, shriek is is tricked into blasting through the wall 
uh, Terry, the room where Terry is, uh, is stuck in begins to fill up with water. And uh, as, as Terry is submerged, the bat rebreather comes out from back behind his neck, I guess. And uh, he, uh, he wears it until he's able to escape the room. And then he's uh, it, it once again disappears, but that was neat to see that uh, that attachment come out. But uh, yeah, other than that, I, I didn't have a, a, a ton of notes for visuals, um, I don't think there's anything bad. I don't think there's anything wrong with this episode. Uh, but other than those, uh, those the the sequence with Sh- Shriek's powers, uh, there there wasn't much that stood out. So I I settled on a six out of ten for visuals and animation this week. Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't have a ton to add as well. Uh, I I also gave it a six out of ten. I I think that uh, that sequence you mentioned where where Shriek gives the does the the sound blast and it goes through sort of the rubble and, and then creates the cave in is exciting the actual flooding itself of that sequence when they when he blasts the hole in the in the wall that's against the river i think is pretty intense and as you, know, you see the water kind of quickly rush into the room and then rise up i think that's a it's a pretty good sequence and then you know terry jumping off the the side of the uh the drain or whatever it is and throwing the the bat rope behind him and it wrapping around the the pipe and and then him sort of catching catching Dak and then slowly climbing back up. I think that's a that's a fun uh, visual bit. And then yeah, other than that, there there really isn't a lot of traditional action other than you mentioned that you know Bruce and Bruce and Max have their dust up with the T's brief, briefly. But other than that, there really isn't a lot of traditional uh, action or, or fisticuffs to be to be had in this episode. So yeah, there's nothing nothing particularly wrong with any of it, but it's not a it's not a heavy action episode and again i think the both previous shriek episodes had such unique uh fight scenes and and battle scenes and and some of the tech and the other the other thing is because it's all set in the in this this subway system and these tunnels like it's very uh you know no no offense like it looks it looks good for what it should be but it's it's a bunch of gray walls and right. and pipes and and you get a little bit of like in 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 shriek and and ollie's little hideout like they have the the tech like you mentioned the sound the sound machine the radar machine whatever else so there's there's a little bit or sonar i should say um there's like a little bit of uh of of cool stuff there but as far as the 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 background the overall look of the episode it's a pretty uh drab episode from a color palette standpoint like we said it's a, it's a lot of grays and you know they go to the tees tees little uh hideout and a lot of like browns and 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 everything the the t designs i mean i'm sure we talked about them way back when we did uh, the previous episode but uh but yeah like I, I like those designs those are those are wacky characters i like the idea that there's there's more than one gang in in gotham city at this point so mm-hmm. um i the, the 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 white skin with the the big red t across their face is, is a fun visual design but yeah overall it's it's a pretty i thought thought and again this isn't necessarily the fault of anyone because that's what the story called for but it's not a particularly visually exciting episode it's it's a little bit bland but as far as the action we do get, like I said, I think that sequence where, where the water fills up and the rebreather comes out and then Terry fires off his, you know, his rockets and zips up through the little hole in the ceiling and, and bursts out of the water and then, and then goes and saves the day is that's, that's certainly a lot of fun, but that's, that's kind of the big visual highlight as far as like a big action sequence goes. Sure. Absolutely. Did you, uh, I don't know. I think, remembering my mindset back in 2000 is hard because I can't even remember what I ate for lunch yesterday, but I I (laughs) seem to, I seem to think that like there was always this expectation from us as kids when we're watching it is like, all right, we've got Batman beyond, is there going to be a Robin beyond? And they Mm -hmm. kind of like, this kind of gives you that obviously we know there was never, despite there being action figures and comic book tie-ins where, or not tie-ins, but comic books that sort of uh, fulfill that end of things. We don't, we didn't ever get on the actual series, a Robin uh, for, for this Batman, but this sort of kind of fills that, that role a little bit in what would happen if, if, if Terry had his own version of Robin. And I, I Mm -hmm. even noticed in the way that they at least drew Dax hair he does have like the spiky hair with like the little cowlick in the back similar to the way that Dick Grayson's uh, hair looked as Robin in uh, Mm -hmm. 
and and, and even Tim Drake's a little bit in in uh, the new Batman adventures. So uh, I don't know if that was intentional or if that was just we're drawing a kid with messy hair. But I felt like, it feels like it can't be too much of a coincidence that they gave him spiky hair and he's kind of filling fulfilling the role of uh, of the Robin of, of of a kid sidekick in part of this at least uh, part of the episode here. But I did want to mention that although uh, he also is just black and gray. Nothing uh, nothing. This episode called for a lot of black and grays, so uh, nothing spectacular about his look per se either. But uh, I did dig his gray Ugg boots. Those were kind of (laughs) cool. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be music. And I believe you said this week was uh, one third of our dynamic music partners, uh, Miss Lolita Ritmanis, uh, responsible for this week's music. Uh, Anything uh, stand out for you in the way of music is concerned? Uh, the biggest musical highlight for me is probably that that the Bruce talking to the T's sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's there's if there's kind of this really soft sort of almost kind of eerie music with a little bit of synthesizer. They almost bring in like the refrain. I think I think it's piano. It might be some kind of string, but uh, where it's it's sort of played very calmly, and then as the situation sort of escalates, then you get the electric electric guitar brought in, and you get some of the synthesizer a little bit louder and more dramatically as, as that situation kind of escalates and Max comes in and everything like that. So I thought that was pretty, uh, I thought that was kind of a nice sequence. And then, uh, then my, really my only other note was the, uh, the, uh, the end sequence again with the flood. I think that's, that's got some good kind of traditional Batman beyond uh, exciting uh, uh, action music behind it. Um, but uh, yeah, those were those were kind of my my two big uh, musical notes, or that, or I should say, really, really the only two moments where I really took uh, direct notice of the music for the episode. Yeah, the um, I will say that this episode uh, with Miss Ritmanis having the uh, the the composition for this episode was definitely more orchestral heavy, a lot less uh, rock and roll, a lot less guitar heavy than we're used to. Um, I did think that that set the mood, at least at the beginning, where they're kind of flashing between Terry's loved ones, showing concern, including Bruce. There's a there's a little bit of synth uh, orchestral synthesizer beneath uh, all of those scenes. So it's uh, it's a little bit lighter. It's certainly not the the heavy rock that we're used to uh, from this series or that you might think of when when you're thinking about Batman Beyond. Um, But I did did notice that the uh, the. Uh, Bruce versus the T gang uh, as well. The, as, as you mentioned that, that certainly had a, a, a bit of a, a flair to it. And then uh, later on as, uh, as Terry uh, blasts out of the water, there was, there was some more music there. I will say, I think the music is fine. I, I will say uh, there seemed to be a missed opportunity, especially of how much action that Bruce faces in this week's episode to have a little bit of the classic Shirley Walker Batman theme play uh, mm-hmm. at some point, whether it's uh, after he's defeated, helped defeat the the D gang or when he does his disappearing act, something uh, that would have, would have just kind of added that extra little flourish. I feel like maybe would have brought my score up uh, a little bit more than it was. Uh, but then the music at the end as, as Terry and Bruce recap the episode and as, as Max is being led away, I thought that that, uh, it's played very light and airy with a little bit of a uh, little bit of drums behind it. I I, I dug that because it added. It's not quite like Joker's favor humor goofiness, but it's it's it, it's definitely not the dark tone that most of the episode had, or at least that we started with at the beginning of the episode. So I did dig that. Uh, for all those reasons, I ended up giving music a, a solid seven out of ten. What about you? Yeah, I went just one point lower. I, I gave it six out of ten. Um, yeah, I definitely think there's there's uh, some some cool moments. Uh, I think that that initial bit where where Terry sort of uh, tailing Ollie in the uh, in the subway system, there's kind of some good kind of eerie chase music going on there in, in that sequence as well. So yeah, it's not just the uh, as you said, especially especially for a Batman Beyond episode, it's not just the you know, kind of quiet synthesizers in the talking scenes and the the drum machine kind of percussion driven action action guitars there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a unique flavor to this one 
All right, Liam, let's move on to our final category of the week, which is going to be, as always, our voice acting. So uh, with our voice acting, not a huge cast here because we don't have a lot of characters and we have uh, we have at least one familiar voice uh, playing at least two characters, maybe three characters. But uh, let's talk about this week's voice cast, shall we? Absolutely. So you know, briefly, we do have Max Brooks returning as Howard. We have Terry Garr as, as uh, Terry's mom. We have Ryan O'Donoghue as Matt. And of course, Lauren Tom as Dana. Uh, all of them get uh, very brief appearances, but uh, worth worth noting there. And then, yeah, our uh, our uh, our accomplice to our supervillain Ali, as we mentioned, already used in in one previous episode. But he's this this kind of skeevy splicer guy. He doesn't get much to do in this episode, but we do have, of course, uh, a guy we've talked about a lot lately, and will continue to talk about a lot because he's in all these shows. Uh, is Great Michael Rosenbaum, who uh, just just celebrated his fiftieth birthday last week. Which, my, what is what is that guy? What is in the water that that guy drinks? What a what a beautiful man he is for fifty. Absolutely uh, not. Doesn't look a, a day over thirty. But good for that. Absolutely not. But yes, uh, just yeah, we have him playing Ali, and he plays at least one, possibly two of the team members as well. So. Yeah. He gets a lot to do and a lot of uh, again he doesn't 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 really have a lot of uh lot to sink his teeth into but of of course if uh, if he's in your cast he's going to play at least probably two or three characters most of the time absolutely yeah it was uh again it's it's a voice that you recognize it just feels at home like it, you just feel at home when he's talking <laughs> and it, you don't it's you know it's, you don't even notice that he's uh he's playing three different characters i mean you do but it doesn't even bother you that he's playing three different characters it's just like oh there goes michael rosenbaum he's of course he's playing a member of the t-gang oh he's playing two <laughs> members of the t-gang of course he is <laughs> yeah and, and he course. does it well <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, we have Chris Mulkey returning as a Shriek once again. Kind of like we talked about in our, our plot and our visuals. Shriek doesn't get much to do here. So he doesn't, other than the exposition of him explaining how his uh, his new sound technology works and then kind of some some brief taunting of Batman at the end. Not not as much to do for him and as he did in, in either of the previous episodes, which is just a shame because I, I seem to remember enjoying uh, his work in the previous episodes, but still good to have him back and uh, always good to dust off one of these uh, classic Beyond Rogues for even if it's only for kind of a, a briefer appearance here. Yeah, he, he's fine, as you said, not a lot. Uh, not a lot to do, no standout moments, except maybe uh, when uh, when Terry does finally rescue old old Darius Arthur Kelman, as he's known as uh, <laughs> better known as Dak. Uh, he after he rescues him, uh, Shriek is right there and sort of delivers a sinister line before getting his bell rung by by Bruce Wayne. But uh, yeah, I, I think he's fine. Again, not a lot asked of him, but he uh, he fills the role nicely. Absolutely. And then we have, uh, speaking of, of Darius himself, we have uh, Eli Marenthal playing, uh, playing that role. And uh, maybe not a name you would recognize by, by the name, but you would definitely recognize a couple of roles he's had uh, within the DCAU. He actually comes back a little bit later on to play uh, Robin in the Mystery of the Batwoman movie. Uh-huh, I thought so. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but more importantly, perhaps if you are a, a larger fan of of great animated movies, one of the greatest animated movies, I would say, of the last 30 years at least. Uh, he was Hogarth in the Iron Giant. Hogarth Hughes, get out of here. That's right. So very fun to see that one. Because it was one of those things where I recognized the voice when I heard it, but I couldn't quite point pinpoint where it was. And then when I looked up and and saw saw that it was uh, Mr. Marenthal, I was like, oh, that's I'm pretty sure that's that's Hogarth, and then and later on he be became Robin when he was a when he was more of a young man at that point. But yes, it's uh, that that's uh, that's a movie I know that's very very near and dear to both of our hearts, and uh, fun fun to have him in an episode, if if only as a a trivia note. But I think he does a pretty good job playing off of Batman. He has just has this real world weary kind of mysterious thing. He has this one scene where he and you know of course playing off Will Verdell as Batman. Uh, you know, is talking about how he, you know, all, all, all the other kids at school idolize him, but he, he idolizes, who, who does he, who does he name drop? He name drops Blight, the Royal Flesh Gang. And, and who Spellbinder. Else? 
Mel Binder <laughs> as his <laughs> idols, as people he'd like to be to be more like. And and uh, Will Friedle there gets to kind of shoot back at him at, at one point when when uh, Dak's a little bit worried about Batman using these explosive. Uh, yes, some if uh, would blight <laughs> you think blight would worry about that or something like that. I thought. I thought that was a, I thought they played off each other really well. And you get that sense of it starts out almost as kind of pure antagonistic and uh-huh. then kind of soft, kind of softens throughout the episode as, as this kid, you know, who has this sort of view of the world already at such a young age that nobody cares about him and nobody cares about each other. And, and then he sees Batman actually willing to sacrifice his own life and 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 he he in turn chooses to help try to save batman's life by kind of double crossing shriek there i think that's i think i think they do he does a good job and certainly getting to play off such a seasoned and uh incredible voice actor as will fredell probably uh, probably didn't hurt either yeah both of them he's a a a fine child actor and as you mentioned uh you know his his role in iron giant is uh is legendary in 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 a lot of uh, cult fans of that cult classic the iron giant if you haven't seen it i'm sure it's streaming on the wonderful hbo max app uh, or one of the other apps out there uh it's a it's a good one to check out fun for the whole family uh even has some dc comics references in it so if you haven't seen it it's a uh, it's a masterpiece but uh yeah he uh he does he does a great job and as you mentioned uh i, I think they play off each other very well and this is an episode where where wilford l gets to to show that uh he he kind of is the in the uh the older older person role i guess the uh the mentor role in this this case uh that we're used to seeing him kind of play off kevin conroy with so i i do appreciate that he kind of gets to be the adult in the room uh pun intended for mm-hmm. for most of the episode and uh and plays off of uh, uh of him very well so yeah i i think uh i think a, a great showcase for both actors in this uh in this in this uh this episode Absolutely. And then uh, speaking of actors who get to really play off of each other and have a lot of fun, we have our our two other main players of this week's episode. We have, of course, the the legend that is Kevin Conroy playing the older Bruce Wayne, but we also have uh, Cree Summer, who's in a lot of these episodes, but doesn't always get a lot to do other than have someone besides Bruce for Terry to talk to uh-huh. and then this week seeing not only does she is she kind of an active part of the of the action and of the the kind of the overall story but also pairing that we've never seen her directly paired with 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 her bouncing off bruce uh that's that's a heck of a pairing i think chris chris summer and, and kevin conroy together are, are just so much fun in this episode as we mentioned both them them kind of sniping at each other and and him tell him trying to kind of do the the classic Batman mean mean mug the the bat glare at her and and her just being so full of uh, of, of 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 spunk that she refuses to uh, she refuses to back down even from from this this creepy old man that's that's yelling at her to go home and and then uh, and then ultimately him kind of pulling the old switcheroo where you feel like he's giving her the nod of approval only to find out that he was just using her to uh, to distract. The security guards i think that's 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 a lot of fun i i did not remember that there was really like a comedic element to this i only really remembered the them sort of you know arguing with each other at the beginning back and forth so that those little comedic bits that they throw in right to the end there where where bruce is kind of giving her a compliment and talking about how well she held her own and then you cut to her being led away by the police at the end uh, not surprisingly because of their uh, both actors pedigree with with this sort of uh, voice acting work I suppose but uh, yeah Kevin Conroy and Chris Summer really fun dynamic uh, together that we've never really gotten to experience before yeah it's a shame I you know I, I don't remember I don't remember how many if any additional in- instances we get to see of these two paired up but Boy, what a lot of fun. And uh, I, I think, you know, we heap enough praise on Mr. Conroy, uh, you know, for every performance that he and deservedly so for every performance that that uh, that he comes through on. But man, for for Miss Summer to be able to hold her own and to, as you as you mentioned, to come out and not not sound intimidated and not sound 
like a like a rookie or or you know like subpar compared to to Kevin Conroy man it speaks to her level of talent as well and just you know what a fantastic voice actress that she is and how talented that she is so uh, not every day that uh that you can go toe to toe with with Bruce and and certainly in these uh, in, in an almost antagonistic style and uh, come out feeling like it, it that she kind of held her own in that, you know, it, Max, uh, as as a teenager in this setting uh, against, you know, the the well grizzled old Batman and uh, not it it didn't induce eye rolling is like, Oh, well, they're just making it because it's, you know, they're pushing it. They're pushing it because they, you know, they need to make the teenagers seem cool enough to stand up to Batman or the old Batman. It's like, no, this, her, her performance is like, Oh, she, she can kind of hold her own. But then again, at the end, having the switcheroo and Bruce come out on top, uh, I, I thought, and, and just the di- dynamic between uh, Miss Summer and, and Mr. Conroy, man, uh, they gelled really well together. So uh, I can't remember if there are any additional interactions between the two of them in the series, but uh, here's hoping that we get at least one or two more. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, just it's as, as we talk about quite often on this show, it's hard to find new or interesting or creative ways to talk about uh, Kevin Conroy's voice performances because of the you know the consistent quality. Um, so if it's not like a big landmark episode or something specific that we can talk about, it's it can feel like we're repeating ourselves a lot. So to just see this completely unique dynamic thrown in, especially for this version of Bruce Wayne, uh, to deal with to deal with uh, with Chris Summers Max here, it's just just a lot of fun, and I think created a a really unique uh, environment for for this week's episode. If anything, like I. I I think we, yeah, we definitely, definitely hope we, we, there is more of this in the series. And, and if not, that's a, that's a bit of a shame, but uh, yeah, I ended up settling on a, on a pretty strong eight out of 10 for my voice acting score. Nice. I went to one tick higher. I ended up giving a nine out of 10. Uh, I think uh, everybody performed pretty well. And uh, you know, both of our scores coming out pretty high there really reflect that. Absolutely. All right, Liam, well, totaling everything up as we come to the end of our episode here, I end up with a not quite 30, 29 out of 40. What about you? Uh, No, I am just two points lower at 27 out of 40. Uh, so yeah, not a, not a big difference there for us um, as we can, we can kind of start talking about rewatchability. Like I think it, like for all the reasons we just talked about, especially in voice acting, I think that there is a unique quality. I think it's a fun episode of this series. Um, it, it does have a recurring villain, the last appearance of Shriek, at least in, in this series. Um, so I, I, but I, I would be hard pressed to say that this is a, a must watch episode um, unless, unless we, we uh, we come to find that there's a lot more Max and Bruce uh, interactions after this that we've somehow forgotten. But uh, yeah, as of now, I wouldn't say this is really a, a must watch for the series or for the the overall universe as a whole. No, and I I, I think that the the last episode of the Shriek uh, that featured Shriek was a little bit better of a of a bow for his character. In fact, I think at the time when we reviewed that episode, I had forgotten that this he was featured in this episode that's how forgettable his his uh his part in this episode is he just kind of seems like a guy that they stuffed in here it could have been anybody that was responsible for terry's disappearance and they were just like yeah put put him in there so yeah i don't think this i wouldn't classify this as a as a must watch you know would i recommend it as a as a fun 22 minutes sure absolutely um, I think the the Bruce and, and Max dynamic and certainly it's a it's one of the few episodes that I feel like Bruce is one of the featured, especially in the later seasons here, uh, Bruce is one of the featured uh, characters. So I, I would I would definitely re- recommend it if you're looking for a fun Bruce episode, if you're looking to see a, a wacky pairing um then then certainly this is your your go-to for that but yeah i don't think this is a must watch by any means and uh probably would have been uh, better served uh, the street character to uh to not appear at all but uh you know what what are you gonna do all right 
<laughs> exactly. All right, Liam. Uh, well, that will begin to wrap us up for this week. Thank you, everybody, for checking out this week's episode. Don't forget, uh, we would love your love and support for our podcast. You can do that a few different ways if you're looking to do it uh the cheapest and freest way possible. Uh, you can do so by leaving reviews on uh, po- your favorite podcast app. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. And if you're on Apple, leave us a little blurb, tell people what you like about the show. Um, you can also uh, not only leave those reviews, but subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. You can also uh, head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower. And uh, you can not only subscribe to that channel there, but when we post our videos, you can like those uh, as we post our, our videos each week. You can also follow us on social media at DCAU review, both on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, lots of interaction happening on both of those fan platforms. Uh, so you can uh, hit us up there uh, on Spotify. Also, you have weekly polls and weekly exclusive Uh, questions that we ask so if you listen to us on spotify uh, click through the episode and you can kind of find those polls there Uh, also uh, if you're looking to support us and with your hard-earned dollars we greatly appreciate everybody that does so Uh, you can check out the link at the bottom of the episode head over to anchor.fm if you want to uh, our anchor.fm site and uh, check there there's a link there or you can head over to dcaureview.com and you can also check out our store there we got shirts and stickers and mugs uh, so if you want to throw a couple dollars our way we would greatly appreciate it and thank everybody that does and has uh, done so uh, Liam we that's not proper English but uh, you know moving on Liam uh, uh, speaking of moving on we are continuing here uh, with one last week that is right Cal and we will be uh, reviewing just the next episode in order we, we kind of touched on this a couple of weeks ago but uh, because we will perhaps like some of our listeners are experiencing the Zeta project for the very first time uh, we don't really have any ideas on on special themes we can do the way we have with Superman or Justice League in the past. So uh, we're just going to review this show in order, and we'll be picking up with the season one, episode three, uh, which was uh, Remote Control. Um, I, I should note that, that we're going by the air date order and not the episode order. So if, if, you, uh, if you noted that that's not actually the third episode, you're not wrong. But we're gonna we're gonna be doing it in air date order. So a remote control coming up next week. Can't wait. Gonna be a great way to end our future reviews for the month and uh, one additional Saturday in the month, of course. So uh, we'll be reviewing next week what we'll be covering in our fifth week. But until then, I'm Cal and I'm Liam, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>